Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my name is Mark Billingham, and welcome to A Stab in the Dark, UK TV's crime podcast that seals off the worlds of both crime fiction and crime drama and investigates the hell out of them. Big name crime authors, global acting superstars, yep, we've got them all. And the good news is that we're very close to the launch of Series 2. But before I reveal the launch date, we've got a little something for you. Our man with the spyglass, Paul Hirons, has been out and about again, making a nuisance of himself. This time, taking a look at dark Channel 4 psychopath series, Born to Kill, and asking the question, is it nature or is it nurture? Over to you, Paul. Yes, thanks, Mark. Now, throughout the decades, crime writers on both page and on screen have grappled with the concept of psychopathy and the question of what makes a bad person bad. Is this evil passed down to them via genetics or is it something that's nurtured or taught? This is the thorny, often debated question that new Channel 4 drama Born to Kill tries to get to grips with. Written by Tracy Malone, who co-adapted the recent Rillington Place on BBC One, and actress-turned-screenwriter Kate Ashfield, Born to Kill tells the story of Sam, a bright-eyed, intelligent teenage boy who seems like the perfect son. He's attentive, he's kind, he's someone who makes breakfast for his hard-working mum in the morning and reads to the elderly patients in the nearby hospital. Oh, bless but lurking beneath that pattern of perfection is someone who collects objects or strands of hair from deceased patients, manipulates timid schoolmates like a cat toying with a mouse, and at the end of episode one, whose psychopathy escalates to horrifying levels. This super dark and chilling drama has caught a bit of controversy, so when I spoke to Kate, I asked her why she and her writing partner Tracy wanted to delve into such a tricky subject. I think because we're both mums, Tracy and I, um, my writing partner, and um, we just kind of got fascinated by the idea of why people do what they do. And we're both interested in the kind of dark side of things. We're both interested in crime and and murder stories anyway and serial killers and and any kind of anomalies within that, like the Green River Killer um, stopped killing for a while when he was happily married. And so you kind of... Just the idea of... um, how well we know our kids and then going through a journey with a young person rather than it being you know he's a he's a fully fledged serial killer when we meet him and it's that question isn't it just how well do we know our kids that really sends a shiver down the spine when it comes to born to kill not only is it a kind of a warped coming of age tale of a blossoming psychopath if that's the right phrase to use but there's an extra dimension of encroaching horror because sam is just a boy 
And that strikes at the very heart of what we think about innocence and childhood. And it's every parent's worst nightmare, of course. Here's Daniel Mays. You may remember him from Series 3 of Line of Duty and loads of other brilliant things, who plays Bill in Born to Kill and who spoke to me from the beach during, all things, a family day out. People are, in a way, fascinated with the macabre side of things, aren't they? You know, specifically with, you know, and this is a 16-year-old we're talking about in Born to Kill, it's, in terms of a sort of dark character study, it's sort of, you can't really take your eyes off of it. I mean, I think it's a really compelling piece. Because um, we, we kind of rack our brains to think, like, what is it that has actually happened in this child's backstory and his childhood that has made him become uh, this person and behave in this appalling way? Um, there's always been, there's just always a fascination, really, with that side of things. It's what makes good drama, isn't it, in a way? That's why there's so many you know, police shows and things like that, I guess. He's not wrong, is he? We've always had this fascination with bad guys and always want to know why and how they went bad. Sometimes in crime dramas, we aren't afforded the luxury of getting to know these reasons. But in Born to Kill, Sam isn't just a cartoon villain. And because there's real context there, he becomes not only a more believable character, but someone rooted in reality. And that's pretty scary. Obviously, every case of psychopathy differs depending on the person, and Born to Kill is, of course, fiction, but it does suggest that there's a point of view here that psychopathy is perhaps nurtured rather than inbred. We'll get on to some answers, or at least a bit of food for thought, a bit later, but in the meantime, I wanted to know what makes a psychopath? What are those key behavioural traits and telltale signs? Here's Kate Ashfield again, talking about Sam and his psychopathic tendencies. He's a, a kind of quiet observer, sits back, watches people. He watches people in the canteen, watches their interactions. And, and kind of the rehearsal that he does in his bedroom at the beginning is him putting on these different masks, which we read about people do. Because they're incredibly good dissemblers. They're charming and charismatic. I mean, of course, there's all sorts of different types of psychopaths. But what we were interested in this particular one was that he was this charismatic charming young man that read to people in hospital that everybody just thought was wow what a lovely boy so you kind of think could you have done anything about that that could his mother have seen potentially beforehand and i don't think they could have you know that's the thing and um when this one documentary we saw there was they were, they were saying that psychopaths that were in prison that had therapy were more likely to reoffend than ones that hadn't because then they had learned how to dissemble better and they could they they'd got this other dialogue that they could use all about feelings and empathy that they could fool people more now when you hear the words disassemble and masks spoken like that i don't know about you but it gives me the shivers so here's kate again going a bit deeper into her research which revealed some surprising facts it's a personality disorder isn't it so so that's how we would class it. There's nothing you can really do about it. So what do we as a society do? And what would you do as a parent? And like in America, they, if you're termed a psychopath, then they might give you a longer prison sentence. And two people might argue about that, that that's, is that fair? Because it's not really his fault. They would know the difference of, between right and wrong, a psychopath would, but emotionally, they're unable to understand fear famously. You know, if you show them a picture of someone frightened, they go, I don't know what that emotion is, but that's what I see before I stab someone. So it's that that doesn't register as part of their 
emotional makeup. And the thing that surprised me was that when you look, when the, you look at brain scans of people who kill people, that you know their, their amygdala gland is impaired and so low functioning, and that's a kind of pleasure gland. And so there's a lack of s- stimulation, um, and so kind of a, an underlying boredom in a lot of instances so that that they'll want to do something else to create that kind of excitement which I didn't know about before so so you know when you ask those questions about are people inherently evil or and and so it's those kind of things that you kind of want to get to the bottom of don't you when you when you hear about certain crimes you kind of you know you feel like you need a deeper understanding of different types of personalities because because you know you wouldn't be capable of doing that so with that medical research kate seems to be leaning more towards the nature side of things now but what about daniel what does he think if the, if i had to sort of put my stake in the ground i would probably say you know um to nurture someone to care for a child um is the utmost importance really do, do you understand what i mean i think I, i'm much more on the um uh nurture side of things i would say but it's such a i mean it's tricky isn't it because it's we're just talking about one specific individual in 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 sam our protagonist so um it's a very it's a very difficult question to answer in many respects because i guess it, every individual case along these lines it, it, it's so different isn't it it's so difficult to sort of pigeonhole in many respects. I think I'm with Daniel in some respects on this one. I mean, I have no idea where to start and end with this discussion because there seems to be a bit from both sides in play here. The research Kate quoted suggests that there's an argument for something lacking in a psychopath's biochemistry that makes them the way they are. But also an argument for nurture is in there too. So where does Kate stand on this? Well, I think there's the, our opinions on that have changed you know over the years and they probably still continue to do so because i don't think we've got to the bottom of it but i think we used to think it was nurture so we used to blame it on the parents and the video games and you know all that and and actually now more research has been done to kind of go well there might be a genetic predisposition not not a psychopathic gene at all maybe it's more helpful to think of it like you might have that that predisposition but it might never get activated but with other factors, cultural factors or, or abuse or whatever other things that might happen, there's plenty of psychopaths walking amongst us now that are never going to kill anybody, but they, but they um, certainly might have some of those traits, you know, that feel like they're um, superior or less empathetic. People who have to do hiring and firing probably, you know, those kind of people and uh, big bosses of companies, I don't know. Just think, your boss could be a psychopath. You can catch up with the first two episodes of Born to Kill on all four, and the next episode is on Thursday the 4th of May at 9pm on Channel 4. If you're fascinated by the minds of serial killers and how they work, you can also tune into Born to Kill Class of Evil on our very own Really channel every Wednesday at 10pm. And with that, it's back to you, Mark. Thanks, Paul. Chilling stuff indeed. Now, we'll be launching Series 2 on Wednesday the 7th of June, and our first guest will be none other than the brilliant Ian Rankin. In the meantime, if you haven't caught up yet, you can still listen to all our episodes in Series 1 on iTunes and other well-known podcast providers. So, what are you waiting for? Tuck in. There are chats with Val McDermott, David Morrissey, Anne Cleves, Michael Connolly, Patricia Cornwell, Chris Marshall, and many others all waiting for you. But don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is always greatly appreciated. 
the nice kind, obviously. So, until June, my name's Mark Billingham, and thanks for listening. Thank you.